0: hello radio fear Macab yes of course they're serious you do you have no kidding uh-huh well uh just uh give me the show times uh-huh yes of course oh they'll be totally discreet thank you Welcome back to Radio Fear Macabre. I'm Brandon, and I'm also super excited for this one. Uh, I got Tony here. Hello. And Justin is on a trip right now, so he can't make it here. But uh, standing in for him, we have Friend of the Pod. Always wanted to say that. Lucky. I am Friend of the Pod. Friend of the Pod people. The Pick of Destiny? The Pod? I was thinking pod racing. I was thinking podcast, guys. (laughs) We need to get it together. (laughs) Dude, we can't be on the same page. But today we're reviewing Ghostbusters Afterlife, a long-awaited sequel, a legacy sequel, actually, uh, that I've been super excited for ever since Sony announced it, like, what, three years ago? Uh, It got delayed due to the COVID the Ronas. Yeah, but uh, it's finally out, and uh, Lucky and I got to go see it last night. It, I had a blast. I too had the blast. Yeah, you know, we crossed the streams a little bit. It was fun. When we went to the theater and we were buying our tickets, uh, somebody brought proton packs, fully functioning—well, not fully functioning, but fully functioning prop right. proton packs, with lights and everything. Uh, so, shoutouts to the Alabama Ghostbusters. It was probably them. Ghostbusters was great. It was. It was a movie that happened, and it happened skillfully and gracefully with m- many, many much goods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna get into talking about this movie, but first here's the trailer audio. You're a great mom. I don't know. I'm fine with Trevor, but with Phoebe. She really keeps me on the outside. That's normal. She's an awkward nerdy kid Maybe a new home could be an opportunity to start fresh. I just wish she'd get into some trouble. There's still time
1: What are you doing
2: here in Somerville anyway? We're completely broke and our grandfather left us this creepy old farmhouse in the middle of nowhere Your father wasn't much of a homemaker. He could hardly keep the power on. You're saying he left us nothing? Well, I wouldn't say nothing. You went with the
0: station wagon? It's the only one that had an engine. What is happening here? Somehow. A town with no fault lines is shaking on a daily basis.
1: Maybe it's the apocalypse. Egon came out here for a reason.
2: Are you troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night? Do you experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic? Have you or any of your family ever seen a spook, specter, or ghost? You guys hear that? Something's coming.
0: The whole city took the walking dead.
1: closed
0: what did you guys think of the trailer i'm really glad i didn't watch it before i went and saw the movie (laughs) yeah but it's a good trailer regardless uh except there was a deleted scene that was still in the trailer so i'm guessing they were still working on what makes it to the cutting room floor in the movie she never sees him Working on the car, so that's interesting. I like that trailer. I mean, it was it was good, but I uh, like I said I probably I'm glad I didn't watch it. The first trailer that they yeah, released, but... it was just um, it was a lot more vague yeah. of what was going on, and you saw like the Ecto one running through the cornfield. Yes, I think I remember that one. And you saw like her finding the the uniforms. Yeah, and it's not showing anybody's face or anything, and the whole time you hear Bill Murray. It's like call it fate call it luck. Yeah. Call it karma. I believe everything happens for a reason. Of uh, his line from the first Ghostbusters. Though that was re-recorded for that trailer. I think.
2: I want to say I want to say that I've, I went to go see a movie at some point this year and saw that.
0: Yeah. So yeah, we're going to get into the spoiler-free review now. Recommend. Recommend. Yes. Astounding recommend from all of us because uh, I loved this movie. I love the hell out of it, and yeah, there's probably some bias there, but I also nah. think- Yeah, I, I genuinely think that this is just a really good movie. I mean, you guys don't have that same bias. No, yeah, st- I mean, I tend to be really critical, especially- I'm more critical of things I like, I feel like. Yeah. so You and Tony share that. Yeah, he's, right, he's like he's if I,
2: I'm gonna hold a Star Wars movie to a higher standard than I would a movie that, again, I have no emotional attachment to. Yeah. But, um, no, I mean, it's a great movie. Yeah. I mean, I just genuinely enjoyed, This was the first time in a long time that I didn't, you know, it wasn't something I would not have watched otherwise if you didn't say, hey, let's go watch this movie. Yeah. Then um, I really enjoyed myself. It was fun.
0: I just liked it, man. It was a fun watch. They had good jokes. It was shot in the style of old classic movies, so it kind of has that feel like the audio is compressed a certain way. And it's just a really nice stylistic choice that makes you feel like you're
2: actually watching a Ghostbusters movie, because you are.
0: Yeah. Uh, Lucky, you were telling me when we were watching it, uh, the pacing is set up really nice and all that. Right. uh, It feels like an 80s movie. Yeah, it
2: felt like I was watching an 80s movie, which is my favorite genre of movies. Right,
0: me too. Uh, I believe, like... It had the same vibe as, like, Back to the Future, the, go- right. the Goonies.
2: It had that, that just yeah. that good summertime romp yeah, type of feel. Just a bunch of neighborhood kids getting into trouble and yeah. figuring it out. And that was always good. Like, it, if it didn't go that south. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. The book goes more south than the movies. Oh, yeah. yeah. The movies, <laughs> the, the remake movies were great on those. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Um... But same type of feel. Stranger Things, obviously. Yeah. The actor, um, Finn Wolfhard. Finn right. Wolfhard. From uh, from Stranger Things, who I think is really good. Yes. Um, hopefully good. he doesn't get stuck in the wheelhouse of
0: supernatural ish movies. Well, probably I don't think he's gonna get typecasted. Yeah, I I loved this movie. I've been waiting for a good Ghostbusters sequel for a long time and I finally got one. Elephant in the Room, twenty sixteen Ghostbusters. Not great. Pretty bad, the all Female cast, right? Yeah, I never watched it. Yeah, it was, it was, it was bad.
2: I took, I, I usually don't take like reviews and stuff to heart, and like, yeah. but
0: I never bothered. Yeah, I was hopeful for that movie, but when it came out, didn't turn out great. So I've been super hopeful and anxiously waiting for this movie, and we finally got it. I, I, I couldn't be happier with it. I think it, it's comedy hit in all the right places. Uh, It it landed really well. Even when it was trying to be awkward, it was awkward, but successfully awkward. And I enjoy that. Yeah. Paul Rudd was amazing throughout the whole movie. Phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, Fenton Wolfhard, he's great. Makina Grace, she did a phenomenal job as Phoebe. She looks like a little miniature Egon, and she acts a lot of ways as a miniature Egon. Still her own in a lot of other ways. And I think her her performance in, in this movie was really great. She's the obvious main character. Right. We got yeah. we got Finn Wolfhard too, but like uh, she's obviously the focus of the film, and I think she did a really good job with it. She was quite literally my
2: favorite part of the entire movie.
0: I think most people would agree with you there. She she did a great
2: job. She might be my new spirit animal, but the, it's the competition's tough.
0: I find the trope of depicting a character initially as like, oh, horrendously awkward, uh, super abrasive, and like not fun to be around, and then they immediately throw that out the window, and they're like a powerhouse of just everything, like. Phoebe was. They have all the answers. Yeah. Yeah. She was charismatic. She was actually funny. Not just awkwardly funny. She was just funny. She didn't use massively big brain jokes. Like, the only, like, vaguely awkward thing that she said or did was near the beginning of the movie. I think she was pretty awkward throughout the entire movie. You think so? Yeah, especially when she was, like, first dealing with podcasts. Who was also a great, great side character. Yeah, he was amazing. Um, But, like, her awkwardness around podcasts until she got comfortable with them. Her not talking to people in class. I think, really, she only came out into her own when she had to and shit was going down. I think it was done pretty believably and well. She didn't have to walk into the teacher's office. Oh, that, that was less confidence and more being socially unaware and Uh, that would be a weird situation probably not wanting to watch chucky yeah yeah well, that was, that was Cujo, Cujo at that moment, I think. Was it? Yeah, that was still when they were watching Cujo. Oh, well, either way, neither one of them. Yeah. To her to her sensibilities, I wouldn't think that would be appealing. Yeah, it's not to her interests, but uh, there was maps and graphs and shit in the back she could see. Right, there's science back here. Yeah. The action was really good as well. There's a lot of scenes that you see in the trailer that are really good in the movie, like car chase scenes with the gunner chair and all that. Uh... I think the effects were done really well. Uh, I'll even compliment CGI for once. The uh, Proton streams looked really beautiful on the screen. Yeah, they look great. The
2: sound design was also Oh, the sound design was great. great. (laughs) That uh, that stuck out to me.
0: Yeah. On, On the topic of sound design, did you guys have, like with your theater sound system, were they abusing the sound system to make the room shake? No. No, we didn't experience that. Ours did.
2: (laughs) Our chairs, didn't they have the thing where it kind of, didn't the chair, my chair vibrated. Oh,
0: no, I didn't feel, oh, my chair vibrated. Everything in the theater was shaking. (laughs) That's a bit excessive. Yeah. But, I mean, the design for the film, sound design was really good. I liked the music. I liked how, for a lot of the music in this one, it kind of seems like they took the original music and just like took, pieces, certain instrumentations of the original music and kind of like scattered it throughout scenes in the film where like one time you'll hear like the, the just the piano intro of one of the songs from the first film I thought that was done very cleverly.
2: Uh, the uh, on the road again. On Holy road crap! Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was and because again the you know the Ecto One is on the road again. Yeah, and that's fun. I appreciate you know good really licensing good. choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, too, yeah. Great, and I really just appreciate the general. You know what you're doing. You know what you are. Yeah. You know. You know who's going to be watching the movie. Mm-hmm. But they didn't go too much into the whole nostalgia kick and stuff like that. I felt like I felt like they definitely let the new cast of characters lead the film and I think that's
0: what they needed to do and left them plenty of room to breathe and be their own thing yeah absolutely yeah speaking of licensing uh did you guys notice that Kuja was like courtesy like donated to the film to use oh I didn't notice that yeah that was in the credits that's pretty cool I wonder I wonder if it was the same situation with Chucky no no Chucky was listed immediately after and it showed the licensing for it it was not Oh, yeah. see. Okay. <laughs> well that's neat yeah, Chuck- I thought that was pretty cool there's a that, that's really weird now that I'm thinking about it because uh, November 19th when this came out um, Black Friday that movie also came out and it has a scene where they're watching Chucky on TV as well so two movies came out on the same day, and at some point you're watching Chucky. Hey, that's weird. <laughs> now the question is, is if they both had to pay for it? I would, I would say probably. Yeah, probably. We all dug the movie. I, I, I really don't think I just got nostalgic goggles on for this one when I say, because so many other people seem to really like it too. If I had any gripes with the movie, I would say I know you can't get away with making a movie like this without references to the original material no but I feel like maybe they leaned into it a little too hard with the amount of references in the film I haven't seen the second was it 2016 I vaguely remember the first Mm -hmm. and I I'm understating that a little bit yeah I could recognize I'm sure almost every single time they were making a callback yeah and I have no fucking idea what's going on. <laughs> the same, and it was like every five minutes.
2: <laughs> the same. The same goes for me. Like I have not seen the original in ages, mm-hmm. um, but I definitely adore it. I've, I've seen the second one as well, but I don't remember anything about it. Yeah. Um, but I could definitely see all the uh, all the references and, and most of them. I felt like they were, for the most part, done tastefully. Yeah. Um,
0: I, I would say tasteful too. I just feel like it was. A lot, A lot okay. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: There, there was te- teasing, like it kind of, kind of teasing. It's kind of something that uh, talking to talking about the Godzilla, King Kong movies. Th- those movies do the teasing very mm-hmm. well, kind of like in the first Godzilla remake or whatever you want to call it. Um, they teased certain aspects of Godzilla. They teased Godzilla himself, and that was really yeah. just like the way they, the way that's done. I've always appreciated it in movies, and so uh, yeah.
0: I think uh perhaps the references were more like i i guess you could say like a love letter to like their fans like acknowledging like hey we know you're out there we know this is the kind of shit you want right yeah i mean don't and get don't get everyone. me wrong like uh every time and you can ask lucky this who's sitting right next to me, every time there was a reference i was like oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Especially early on, which we'll talk about
2: in the spoiler section. Oh yeah, but, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. It was it was. You, that made me got, very you happy. You got
2: really, yeah. You got really noticeably excited. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when when a certain Started thing happened. Started bouncing in his seat. Um, he, he had to hold his hand in his face. I mean his hand his his I, had to hold his was, face with his hand. Um, he, he definitely uh, covered his mouth up. He was quite <laughs> pleased. I think he would have exalted yeah. if given the opportunity.
0: I might like Ghostbusters a little bit.
2: A little, a little.
0: <laughs> not not too much, it, eh, just a little, a little bit over knowing it it, it exists. Maybe <laughs> I uh, when I was like sixteen, I had a bad habit of only speaking in Ghostbusters quotes. So <laughs> it's very annoying and very cringy. That sounds pretty pretty bad. Yeah, me. I can't say anything, yeah. um, but that does sound pretty bad. Yeah, we dig it. Now on to the spoilers. Thank God. (laughs) You are now entering the Spoiler Zone. or dies. (laughs) Oh, shit! Jason Reitman created a phenomenal film. The original movie was actually done by, uh, Ivan Reitman who is the father of Jason Reitman. Jason Reitman said that he was not going to touch the Ghostbusters franchise as a director because his father did it. But like a ghost, it haunted him for a long time. And he figured now would be a great time to bring back the franchise. And they wanted to do it for uh, the late Harold Ramis in his memory, which that's a touching moment later in the movie. Indeed, the film opens with a shadowy figure driving a truck going through a cornfield being chased by an invisible force. You can see the the invisible whatever it is like kicking up dirt behind the behind the truck as it's making its way back to the farmhouse. The driver gets out, runs to the house. They have like this whole thing set up. You can you can already Kind of tell. I don't know if like it was obvious to you guys that it was Egon, right? I, I assume y'all, y'all were like on track with that too. Yeah, uh, but it's Egon, and uh, something's following him. I think they make it pretty obvious. It's a it's one of the terror dogs from the first movie. The trap doesn't work that he had set up. It like short circuits, not enough power supply, I believe, in order to spring the trap, and so he goes into his house, locks himself away. The terror dog gets to him, grabs him in the same way Sigourney Weaver got grabbed in the first one with the arms coming out of the chair. It's a cool scene. The yeah. way they did that was really nice. Yeah, with And the it, smoke. It, it was a really good callback with the arms coming out of the chair and like just like grabbing him. Uh, but yeah, the smoke too was really cool. Like I said, the, the CGI in this movie is like the best CGI I've seen in a long it time. It was quality. Yeah. I usually like rag on movies for overusing Absolutely. CGI. Absolutely. But, uh, it was good here. But, unfortunately, Egon passes away. I liked how in that scene, after he dies in the chair, it goes quiet and the PKE meter that fell under the chair immediately starts to activate as if a spirit's around, kind of showing, like, he died. Right. His ghost is now present. Um, and then we cut to a family... Uh, I don't think they disclosed where they were living. Yeah, I don't know that it did either. Uh, They were just in a city. I mean, I didn't realize where the actual movie took place until like damn near the end. Yeah. Uh, But they were living in a a city unnamed. It might have been New York because that's where the first movie takes place. But that's just a guess. They get evicted, but we see their own personality quirks in a short bit while we get introduced to these characters. You got Phoebe and she's tinkering with stuff. Uh, causes the power to cut out for a little bit. You got the mom who is just a stressed out mom with not enough money. You got Trevor just being 15-year-old kid. He's the most normal out of all yeah, these characters. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, absolutely.
2: He's just, he's just trying. He's like, Mom, I don't want to go to this town in the middle of nowhere like every other ki- teenage kid in every other movie where their family has to go to a town in the middle of nowhere. The town was Somerville, Oklahoma.
0: Yes. They moved to Somerville, Oklahoma because the mother, Callie, her father lived there and you know she got the word he passed away and she inherited right uh the house uh she she thought she was going to be inheriting some money as well and a fair bit of debt it would come to light yeah but she goes there they're going through the house and you know it's an old dilapidated house not well taken care of of course the kids are groaning about it. And they don't even know that they're going to live there. Right. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> but she drops that on them and the earth shakes. Yeah. Everything in the house starts shaking. They don't know what's going on. They hide under a table. And then later, Annie Potts drops in as Janine from the first movie, reprising her role as Janine, which that's the thing that you were talking Itch. about that got me really good. I uh, Just seeing Janine there. Made me really happy. She's the one that informs Callie. No money, but debt. Uh, you got this house. And she's like, I'm just getting the house. Nothing else. It's like, well, other than all of the memories of this place. Yeah. Uh, Aside from sentimental value, <laughs> they go out to eat at a. What do you call those?
2: Uh, kind of like a drive-in diner type of deal.
0: Yeah, the drive-in diner. With the roller skates, skate. waitresses and yeah. stuff.
2: There's actually a place where I'm from that's like that. It's pretty cool. Nice. Um, which you is, come from a
0: drive-in diner?
2: I do, I do. As a matter of fact, that's how that's... Yeah. He's, delivered he's, on he's the number skates. seven on the menu. <laughs> I was, I was oh. delivered on roller skates. Um, but no, I mean, that was pretty cool. Just a nostalgic kind of like again 80s it's an 80s movie yeah. that's when that's like the feel of it they they had the, the yeah. roller skate gals and it was pretty great yeah
0: they go to one, <coughs> of, one of those to get some food and Trevor he sees a cute girl that he likes already right uh, he was complaining about the place the whole time and then he sees her shuts up and says I'll be right back <laughs> Puts in an application and everything. He's going to work the yep. whole the whole nine yards. Lies about his age. He can't work <laughs> as fifteen year old kid there. He li- right. he lies and says that he's seventeen, right? Uh, <laughs> because future. for work experience, yeah. he put friendly with a smiley face. Yeah. <laughs> and she's uh, the the girl. Her name's Lucky. Yes, Lucky. Yes, I didn't catch that. Yes, that is all. her name, Lucky. Yeah, played by Celeste O'Connor. Uh, Lucky is giving him. Shit, am I? Ha. The character in this movie, Lucky, is giving oh. him shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was confused. I'm sorry for the way he filled out his application, and also how awkward he seems and nervous immediately. And the guys in the kitchen, oh, uh, they're giving him. Oh, yeah, as soon as she walks away, uh, instead of just like pretending they didn't hear nothing, they were immediately. Oh yeah, <laughs> just like oh you, <laughs> got oh, a you, chance. you totally to got a chance with her. Yeah, totally. absolutely. Ha. <laughs> well, well, first they mimicked him. I'm Hi, yeah. Trevor. <laughs> the ruthless That's Trevor. Oh, what happens immediately after that? They go to school.
2: Yeah, they they drop off Phoebe at summer school. Yeah. Yes. This was never explained why she had to go to summer school. I guess, but uh, she daycare. To, it was summer school.
0: Daycare. Basically, daycare would okay. be the answer. Makes sense. Uh, it was because the mom was like, "You can." Go to school, or you can help sort the stuff out. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Phoebe is like, I'll take my chances, chances with, with public education. System. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's not happy to be there because uh, it's beneath her learning level, basically. Right. Everything that would like be available to her without paying extra would be. Yeah. Yeah. As, as a 12 year old <laughs>
2: savant. Yeah.
0: Um, those Egon jeans,
2: right? That's it. That's that's the proper jeans. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, damn! Are those the Egon jeans? And that's where we see uh, Paul Rudd for the first time. He's walking in, and uh, Callie doesn't know that he's a teacher, and she she was saying something like, "Could you? And what imagine? poor
2: What poor guy's teaching summer
0: school? Yet? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's me. Yeah, that's me. It's a pretty sweet gig, actually. <laughs> that's what he said. Uh, so then. It shows the cuts to the classroom. Paul Rhodes character, uh, Gruberson, Grub- Gary, Gary Gruberson. Gruberson. Gary Gruberson. Uh, Gruberson is up there telling them that he has a movie for them to watch. Rolling
2: and out the VHS, kind of yeah, throwing on the big old at CRT TV.
0: Yeah. Apparently, this school still runs on VHS, so I found this really good one. Cujo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's about
0: a rabid Saint Bernard who kills people. It's like I'm sure you guys will love this. Yeah. Bye. I mean, that was around the age I watched Cujo, but it definitely wasn't at school. Right. <laughs> Funny story, though, kind of similar to that. When I was about that age, and we could bring movies to watch, like on certain Fridays, when the teacher didn't want to have to plan anything for that day, I brought in Flubber. It's a great movie. Yeah, but not appropriate for children. No. I forgot it wasn't appropriate for children. And I got in trouble when she she could hear cuss words every now and then. Yeah, and she was like getting uncomfortable with that. And I'm like, no, no, it's it's not that many cuss words in the movie. And she's like, okay. And then it gets to the scene where there's a naked guy and a naked woman standing in front of a college class oh, for boy. the anatomy. And she's like, okay, okay. <laughs> Uh, that's what it made me think of immediately. They're I watching- watched
2: Flubber when I was a child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, out. Robin Williams, and it right. was a Disney movie. Right. Yeah.
0: But there's there's some inappropriate things on there for kids. Yeah, the the whole him putting Cujo on for these kids to watch just made me the whole time just remember that I uh, I brought Flubber to school.
2: I don't remember how or by what means I watched Cujo, but I have seen it. Yeah. Just couldn't tell you how that event occurred. (laughs) I don't know how complicit it might have been, but I did see
0: the movie. Gruberson is... In the back. He put on the movie just to distract them while he's working on some stuff. He's uh, a seismologist investigating why there are quakes. In, in Oklahoma. Yeah. Where there's no fault line right. or anything like that in this town. But it experiences quakes on an almost daily basis. And uh, Phoebe, she goes back there because she, she sees some stuff she's interested in. And... Yeah. She's feeling inquisitive. She asks him what's going on, what what he's doing back there, and you know he tries to coax her to go back and watch the movie. And then she starts like talking to him on a scientific level that he understands. He's like, "Oh, oh, okay. Not sure. You're you're smarter than your average fifth grader for sure." Yeah. (laughs) And so they start talking. He he tells her what he's um investigating and the strange nature of these quakes. Um, he compares like a volcano to an yes, earthquake, yes. a volcanic eruption to an earthquake, and then he says that it's um, it's like a volcanic eruption, but reversed. Uh, is Like what an explosion. Re- yeah, like... Right, that's what he... he I think he does that. It's he's reading... Like, it's like there's nukes going off or something like that. Yeah. It's reading as an explosion on the seismograph, and... He he does. He's kind of lost as to why, but that the whole reason he got this job in this town was to investigate that. She meets podcast, a character named podcast in in the class, um, who is this adorable kid. Though he was a really great point of comedy in this yeah, movie. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he was probably the funniest thing in the whole movie, actually. Um, Topical for us. He explains to her that he has a podcast he calls himself podcast
2: because she's like
0: who calls you podcast nobody just me yeah <laughs> and it's pretty great why podcast? because a podcast account of my podcast <laughs> just introductory he, general he was he was uh setting up like a story new girl being mysterious in class moved into town and then she discloses at some point uh probably when they were heading home well to her house i guess that she lives on the dirt farm and then he continues like the mystery of phoebe yeah he asked if it was haunted or something she was like i don't believe in ghosts and he's like how could you not believe in ghosts with all the evidence and then they go to the mine and we see like this big carving that has terror dogs in it and there's a big carving of gozer the gozerian right there on the side of the on this wall of this mine Near the entrance, and he was telling her the urban legends. Right. Around the mine, a bunch of miners died. They like jumped to their deaths in a mine shaft and stuff yeah. like that. Like, what did he say? Like 50. Yeah, it was just a bunch of them just started jumping. Like up. a ton of them one day, one after the other. Yeah. She asked why, and he said like a sacrificial ritual or yeah, something like yeah. that.
2: Uh, I want to point out, um, it was fun for me at least the uh, the motorized bicycle. That he was working with Is his wheels Yeah I really appreciated that And then he never rode And he never Not one time And it made a point Like Check out my wheels yo (laughs) And they never rode it (laughs) He's just pushing it along I, I enjoyed it though. Either way, I enjoyed. it. That was the, probably
0: very intentional. No, in this movie. I, I, right?
2: Yeah, that, <laughs> it, it kind of felt that way. But it, it was. Um, I enjoyed it. Just the, He seemed like the kind of quirky kid that was good. That's going to figure out how to motorize his bicycle. Yeah. You know. Um. It seemed like a very he can't ride. <laughs> right. It, it seemed like a very homemade job. So it was fun. Yeah. It was fun for me.
0: He shows like when he's helping Phoebe later. He's actually pretty handy. Yeah, tech savvy. Like yeah. again,
2: he's he's he's. Podcast, right? He's, yeah, he's dealing with computers. He carries around a recorder and a directional microphone everywhere he goes. Everywhere Shut he goes, mic. yeah. Um, so like it was, he was, he's, he stays strapped. Yeah, my boy stays strapped. <laughs> so, um, he, uh, he was you keep that thing on him. Well, <laughs> he, uh, he was
0: one of my favorite characters for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely the. The funniest out of them all.
2: Yeah, I was just I mean, he was there for comic relief, but every time it just hit so well. Yeah. Um, especially towards especially the, the end. The, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the, the end scene was scene. great. It was yeah. great. He
0: had his own little battle. Yeah, he did he did? Which they did just to cover someone in shaving cream, like in the end of the first movie. Had to,
2: got to. <laughs> yeah, got
0: to. He walks Phoebe home. He's recording her as she's yeah. like walking up her driveway, and she's like, "Are you recording me?" He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Why?" In case some. Entity like pulls your body into pieces or something. Right, in c- case some ghost shit happens. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> I think we go to Trevor starting his.
2: First yeah, it's a one. small scene. Is that the one uh, I believe where he's like sorting the stuff the in the freezer yeah. situation? Yeah. yeah, he's and he's like, oh, here's does, this jacket. It's my boyfriend's. And, he t- and he's like to pulling it, it off. He's yeah. like, as <laughs> soon
0: as that's great. <laughs> he he's in the freezer sorting patties or something. He's like, does anybody else have to do this? he's like, yeah, all the time being sarcastic and um, Yeah, she gives him the jacket
2: That's my boyfriend.
0: Oh, he's my boy's pulling out of it. I'm like no No boy (laughs) It's manly. It has a wolf on it Wonder if that's a reference to his name. I I Thought maybe Considering the fact I didn't know
2: his name. I couldn't can't comment.
0: Yeah, I'm not good with actors names cut back to the house I think this is where Phoebe discovers the PKE meter. Yes or she was already playing around with PKE meter. It
2: was the chess. The uh, the first night I think we, we glossed yeah. over that one. Um, but the uh, where the chessboard kind of gets flipped. Yeah. And then she yeah. sets the whole thing back up. Yeah. Um, Spooks her. And then her. she wakes up to see that a piece had moved. moved. Yeah, piece yeah. had moved. She she had now she did discover the PKE meter before that though. Yeah. Um, but then she, she starts kind of playing chess with the spoopy ghost. Yeah. Um, and then
0: she follows the PK meter around. Yeah. Which was pretty obvious. The ghost she was playing chess with was Egon. Right. And Egon is like leading her around the house to discover certain things. And she finds the trap in a puzzle, which was fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah. There's a puzzle in the floor of the living room. Yes. She sits, she sits in a chair, the chair like knocks her around. Yeah. She, the chair knocks her. Uh, in the back of the legs so she sit, uh, to make her sit down and it flips around where her feet are directly where this puzzle is and she messes around with it solves the puzzle and it has this compartment in the floor. She pulls out a ghost trap and then she brings it to school the next day to mess around with it uh, while everyone's watching Chucky right she's talking to podcast. About it as well, and then uh, Gary they broke a ruler trying to pry it open. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, podcast was trying to pry it open yeah. the ruler, and uh, Gruberson, uh, Paul Rudd. He he looks over and he's like, "Oh, cool replica," and, right? And she's like, "Replica of what?" Ghost that's right. Yeah. That's why he tells them like everything about the Ghostbusters back right. in 1984 what happened in New York. Shows them the 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 infomercial. Yeah. And then shows them footage of uh the Ghostbusters um, after fighting Gozer yeah. coming back down from the high-rise that they fought on the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and everything covered in toasted marshmallow in the Few blocks around that building, and hes he, you know—he's explaining. It's he's like, yeah, it was, uh, back in the '80s, you know, New York was like the Walking Dead. Yeah, uh, there was like ghosts all over the place, and uh, there was these guys, the Ghostbusters, and they fought off some big baddie ghost, and then everything just kind of went back to normal after that. Hadn't been no ghosts in 30 years. Yep. Did she start to connect the pieces? at that point that she was related when, when
2: it showed it showed when they're watching the, the film or they're watching the video she's like really focusing she's, yeah, on she, yeah the camera angle the camera work which I thought was excellent throughout the movie but specifically yeah. in sp- certain parts in this one as well it really just kind of zoomed in so you kind of felt like
0: she's noticing right she's
2: Similarities you know one and one is equaling up to be two at that point. So yeah. she's putting the pieces together.
0: Yeah They go out into the parking lot to try yeah, to test it. The, yeah, they're trying to open the ghost trap and he, he's got uh, a school bus parked in front of this ghost trap where he's set on the hood of his car and he's hooking the battery up to the ghost trap and phoebe's like isn't this dangerous like uh he gives her the the safety, the like safety the standard glasses. like high school biology safety glasses yeah and she's like it's not really going to protect me from anything goes, are you sure this is safe and he goes no,
2: <laughs> no science
0: but, is not safe yeah science is rock and roll you know like science is messy science uh, you got to get down and dirty with science you know and Very uh bill nye of him take risks yeah take risks and like she she dug that they try to open it podcast starts the bus and nothing happens and then he goes over and touches it and it blows open and uh, one of the terror dogs gets out and immediately flies away into the direction of the mine which is where trevor and the crew yeah yeah they're yeah. hanging went out to go hang at, hanging. The mine. at the they
2: like the big it look kind of looks like an old like in the Texas oil fields type of thing yeah. but it's like a lift or whatever. Yeah. Um down into the mine and they're hanging out there with the very quality forward product placement.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Trevor has like a little moment with Lucky, not you Lucky. Oh, Trevor has a moment with Movie that? Lucky. It gets interrupted when they hear something coming from underneath. Oh. Yeah, like a really big growl. The, the rumble and then they hop out of the chair and she's like, hey, "Trevor, get out." Yeah, uh. and they look down and there's like a light, and then it like beams up out of the mine shaft.
2: That's one of my few gripes with this movie. Like, I don't have many, right? Yeah. But that's definitely one of them, and it's like the most basic like horror trope. It's just except worse because it's just like this whole thing just happens, right? Yeah. Lights are shooting off out of a hole in the ground. And They're just
0: like, oh, that's weird. You know,
2: nothing. <laughs> they there's laugh nothing. it off. Yeah, actually. they're just like, huh. What? They literally start
0: laughing. Yeah. You know, was that like, was weird.
2: No! The world is coming to an end, children! There's light shooting out of the there ground! There was a
0: laser light show from hell... ...coming out of the ground. spirits screaming and moaning and shit, and we're just laughing about it. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. That's <laughs> a nice reference. Thank you. Uh I it. Don't worry. I caught it. Yeah! They, they just laugh it off. It's weird. I thought it was weird too. It, yeah, it was just like. It, <laughs> but I think one of those was the Keymaster, and then the one in the trap was like the gatekeeper. They both go to the mine. Gruberson takes them home. Yep. Takes Podcast and Phoebe home. It meets the mom ag- or sees the mom again. Right. Uh, Callie. Love then, interest introduced. Yeah, they immediately like kind of have like this awkward but flirty vibe yep. going on. Gruberson's kind of just like going off. I'm like, hey, your kid is awesome.
2: Oh, right, yeah, like, <laughs> um,
0: I identify with that, you know, in my
2: personal life very much. Yeah, uh, due to my situation, but I, uh, I think uh, I, I identify with with uh, Gary Gruberson in that. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, your kid's pretty awesome. Like that, that that was fun. I yeah. appreciated that. It resonated with Lucky, it podcast did. Lucky,
0: P- podcast. Lucky. <laughs>
2: not movie lucky
0: podcast finds that what was it amazonian death whistle yes
2: the amazonian death whistle and just just lays in there and just yeah, it, oh, it's, it's really
0: loud correction here it was an aztec death whistle uh, the mom comes in and she's like what is that and it's like Amazonian. like after he was just told what it was yeah, it's,
2: amazonian it, death
0: whistle can i have it and she goes absolutely yes. <laughs> please as God. long as you don't use it again <laughs> yeah. just take it far away from here
2: And he's like, and then uh, Gary's looking at the map or whatever. He's like, oh, this is so cool. Yeah.
0: And she's like, what is that? And he goes, it's a map.
2: It's a map of Somerville in cuneiform. Yeah. And she's just like, oh, well, you can have that. Yeah. And And, and it's
0: like way before the town. Right. Which is like a cuneiform is like
2: the freaking Phoenician alphabet type stuff. Yeah. Way, way back.
0: Yeah. So he was saying like, it doesn't match up. This doesn't make any sense timeline wise. Uh, But here's a map of it. Of course, you know, this all has to do with Shandor being Yes. Cult. Cult leader. Cult Shandor. Wars. Yeah. You guys probably are unaware of Shandor, he's like a long lasting name in the series. He's always like shit always goes back to Shandor, the and his cult like the people who built Dana Barrett, Sigourney Weaver's character, uh, who built her apartment complex she lives in, was the cult that Shandor led, and they built it in a very specific way to basically be an antenna for the other world to come in, right? And all that. So he's still doing that. This was like something he was doing before then. That's where they also made the connection—a really interesting connection—that the materials that went into building that building in New York came City from the came mine. from that mine in this town. So that was really cool. Well, it was selenium?
2: Yeah. I think it was selenium, the material that was used to make the beams in the building or whatever. Yeah,
0: they don't make them like they used to. No one made them like that.
2: Yeah, and that because Phoebe points out like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's a terrible uh, construction material,
0: (laughs) but a good conductor for spoopy for the spoopy stuff. This is where like everything's kind of coming together. We're starting to see like the plan from the other side starting to piece together at this point she went back to her room and another piece was moved on the chessboard she moved it again and then she watched another piece move on its own and all of that the pke meter goes starts crazy to go in It
2: leads her to the the yeah. barn or and she goes down to the, yeah. the slidey the she, she
0: she took a knight egon took one of her pieces and slammed it against the wall yeah, yeah. Like, a, like an asshole <laughs> like a prick yeah I think he did it like in a way is like, like, um, oh, this isn't some naturally occurring phenomenon. This is intentional, you know? This isn't just chess pieces moving by themselves here. Yeah, this is somebody's doing this. If this was some other weird natural world phenomenon, you know, it wouldn't be just <clears throat> violent. I'd really be ne- curious to have that one explained to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the PKA meter starts going off, and she picks it up, and she starts following it. Leads her to the pole, where she, Immediately made me think of, in the first movie, when they're buying the uh, the firehouse that they set their headquarters up in, and Ray grabs the pole and he's like,
1: Hey, does this pole still work?
0: Like, it's a pole. <laughs> you said that during the movie, yeah, yeah. you said that during the movie. <laughs> she slides down it and finds Egon's secret lab that he had under the house. She finds all sorts of ghost traps, and uh, she finds the proton pack. Uh, and the the light, the lamp lights in the move around, and she starts to figure it out. They were everything. like pointing her in yeah. the way to look at, and she starts just conversing with the lamp light. Like she she knows what's going on yeah. at this point. She's figured it out, and it's helping her fix the proton pack. That and she kind of makes
2: stuff. like How did you get a, Something this yeah. small And he points the light To all the like College degrees and stuff Yeah all of his fun.
0: degrees On the wall <laughs> How did you get this This small And the light's just like I studied
2: <laughs> Genius <laughs> oh, right.
0: right You're a genius Yeah <laughs> So she fixes up The proton pack And I think she fixes up some, some traps And stuff like that She goes out to test a proton pack With, with Podcast, podcast. Um, And Podcast Points his microphone Like it's a gun As she's pointing The neutrino one Yeah which is the little gun bit? Yes, yeah. and you know she she goes to like shoot like cans and stuff that podcast uh, set up. She just vaporizes everything the cans were standing on, and it's just fire and smoke right there. And she's like, "Did, Did I, I hit, hit it? it?" And podcast is like, "Hit it! You neutralized it." Yeah. <laughs> and then they hear the spoopy. Yeah, that's yeah. Then we get to muncher. They they follow. The sounds and they use PKA meter yep. into a nearby f- abandoned
2: factory. Yep. Where they did this, where they, uh, what do they, what would you call it when they, you know, create f- final product of steel wherever they, you know, they actually made the selenium. or yeah, yeah. refined it. There we go. The refinery. Yeah, and then they made it into the actual beams and such that they used to build the buildings.
0: Yeah. They go in there and. You see, like blue ectoplasm glowing um, on, like bite marks in the metal. Yeah, uh, and they they follow the trail and the PKE meter, and they find what this, which is this movie's Slimer. The and they call him the Muncher. Yep, he's like a blue ghost.
2: To me, it looked like the caterpillar dude from Alice in Wonderland.
0: Yeah, but, uh, I thought was, it looked more like the caterpillar from Bugs Life. That either one, <laughs> either <laughs> one is fine. They find Muncher. And this, they haven't named him yet. Haven't. When did they? When did they first say Muncher? Was um, when they, uh, when they, yeah, when they met up with Trevor. Yeah, that's right. They tried to use the proton pack on Muncher. They land a successful hit after getting shot at by Muncher. Yes. He's spitting out all the nuts and bolts that he's killing it eating. it sounds like a machine gun going off. Um, so they take cover, but then they get Muncher in the Proton stream. And so she, she's she got him there with the Proton stream. Uh, he's wrangled, and then she tells Podcast to throw the trap, but Podcast fucks up on throwing the trap. And Muncher gets away. He breaks free from the stream, which you never actually see in the first movies, the first movie. You don't see a ghost successfully break away out of a stream. So it's cool that they added that that can happen here. Yes. So he breaks free and he goes, he bolts off into the city uh, or in the town and they chase after him and around that time, Trevor was working on the Ecto-1 for a yeah, while. Yeah,
2: there's just, just different short scenes of him kind of just like messing with it, which that was my second gripe with the film, well, it was, was how in the hell a 15-year-old can work, just manage to... Cobbled together a 1950s Cadillac. Yeah, they are notorious for being difficult to maintain and repair. Yeah, I have my I have some qualms with that,
0: but it's not a huge gripe. Well, I think because you know, like also, it's a nitpicky thing, right? Also, yeah, but also like, how are these kids like so capable? Capable of working a miniature nuclear accelerator strapped to their back as well? Right, and know the the switches to flip, the buttons to press, just. On the first try and stuff like that. How does podcast know how to operate the uh, the mobile trap? Yeah, that drives around. Like uh, I'm, I'm willing to forgive it all for that yeah, because yeah, sure. I know the movie has places it's got to go and it doesn't have time. Right.
2: Like we're we're like it's just if you're if you're gonna nitpick something, right? I mean yeah. that's I'm I'm pleased yeah. with that being my two big gripes. Yeah. Right. It's
0: just it's just one. It's just a, a certain. Area in this movie where they're like, "Wait, we we're gonna need to ask you to suspend your disbelief for this." Right, just just let it go and enjoy the movie. Yeah, (laughs) he's been working on the Ecto one that he found in the dirt shed. Yep, and aptly named because it says "dirt" on the side. Yeah, coincidence. uh, That's one of the things that I have is like there's a lot of just. Oh, coincidence uh, that happens in this movie. By coincidence, he fixes it right on time to catch them. Right. To go uh, and pick them up. He's going joyriding through the corn. Yeah. Which was a great... That great is a scene. great scene. Great yeah. scene. Just the Ecto-1 just plowing through a cornfield was pretty good. Horrifying thought, like, just as a concept. Like, you don't driving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, through a cornfield, you can't You can't see past your hood. Yeah. Like horrifying <laughs> absolutely horrifying like there could be a ditch yeah just an, an irrigation ditch or I'll some like it. piece of farm equipment just sitting there a rock yeah <laughs> <laughs> or like, a combine yeah like a, a tiller for the combine just sitting right. out there yeah and it just goes all to <laughs> hell <laughs> it was at this moment he realized for a split second and then he died <laughs> But uh, he's going for a joyride, and he runs into—not literally runs into, because that'd be awful—but he he uh, he finds uh, Phoebe and podcast. It'd
2: be anticlimactic, that's for <laughs> yeah. sure. And then
0: he just he just runs <laughs> him over. There's police sirens coming in the background. He Just credits roll. dinner <laughs> Who are you gonna call the police the morgue ghost attorney you run over some kids in a cornfield? Well, if you ain't in the Stephen King book you might have fucked up (laughs) He meets up with Phoebe and podcasts are chasing after Muncher and they get in and They chase after Muncher throughout the town and that's when she finds out Oh, it's got a gunner door, which is that awesome scene from you see it in all the trailers, too Uh, Yeah she gets strapped into this chair, and it shoots out of the side. It's a gunner door. So she's, like, hanging out of the Echo One in this chair, firing at Muncher. This was a great scene throughout the whole... Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. It was so fun. It was very, very... Um, uh, adrenaline scene. And they're just tearing up the they're
2: thousands, hundreds
0: of thousands of uh, property yeah. damage. Property damage has always been, like, a big thing in the Ghostbusters movies, too. Uh, usually, and it, it never ignores the property damage in right. a Ghostbusters movie. And like they even like a lot of movies, later were. they
2: took the time to mention it too. Yeah,
0: because uh, you know they get reprimanded after the scene yes. for it, uh, and they then, get arrested. Yeah,
2: it's a little bit more than 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 reprimanding. Yeah, they get they go to jail. Gruberson and Callie are on a date. Yes, at a Chinese place with the best cups I've ever seen in my life.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, those cups were really cool. The cat cups. Yes, they yeah. were. I, I want one. <laughs> um... Uh, they were eating at some point. What, was, what were they talking about? Oh, they were talking about um, Phoebe. Yes. And Callie's hate for science, how she can't connect with Phoebe and all right. that. And uh, she was like, gosh, she's so like... By the book and everything like that. I just wish you would like get into some trouble. And Paul Rudd's like, "Oh, there's still time. She could take up pole dancing in the future." That was great. That was good. That was good. Uh, she has no hand-eye coordination. Yeah. Oh, I don't think that'd be a problem. Maybe <laughs> not that. Oh yeah, yeah. Is he that- says, "Yeah, he's like, I don't, I don't think that's necessary." <laughs> like a very knowing tone to it. Yeah. yeah. Like
2: it was. It was like, it don't take much kind of deal. And then you know, uh, speaking of trouble. There it comes.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was part of the humor of this movie. They're talking about her getting into some trouble. Right. For the, like, saying, I wish she would just do something to get into some trouble as she's doing something to get in trouble. Yeah. And uh, even Muncher comes flying between them. Yeah. Because he's a ghost. He can go through walls. Comes flying between them. Really? Yeah. Oh. In in, in the restaurant uh, as they're chasing after him. And they almost catch him again. But uh, they almost had a car at right. that time. So then they give a second chase, they cross a bridge and they finally catch him and then shortly after they catch him the police roll up roll up. They ask to go to jail. So they're sitting in the holding and cell. And I'm there. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're sitting in the holding cell and they you know they this is bullshit. We, yeah, we were they're to, all mad yeah. and stuff. They're like, come on, man. I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah, and uh, Lucky is in the next cell. Yeah. Her dad's the sheriff. The, the sheriff around these here parts. Yeah, and uh, Phoebe's like, I get a call. I get one call, right? And he's like, yeah, make it quick. Who are you going to call? Who are you going to call? I rolled my eyes at that one. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I I knew they are going to put who are you going to call and as soon as she said, "I'm," uh, I get one phone call. I was like, "Oh, well, here it comes!" Oh, I knew it. I like, <laughs> it
2: was. She had written. She had written the phone number down. Yeah, or wrote the phone number down earlier in the in the movie, and I was like, "Oh, she's she's."
0: Well, and I mean the the reference. Right, like, but as soon as as, as soon, soon as, as she said, like, I, get "I get one a phone, phone call,", call yeah. I was like they're about to say who you're gonna call. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I didn't mind it. Yeah. I was really hoping they would play like the theme song, like at least the instrumentals. Yeah. I was hoping for that
2: earlier too. Yeah, they they did like a like an etude, right? Uh, yeah. Like a symphonic etude. Yeah, um, kind of in bits and pieces throughout the movie, and I and I picked up on that. Yeah, but like. I was hoping for like some the real climactic, just the whole thing. Yeah, I was hoping for that too. Well, the
0: music during the climax was really good though. Oh yeah, oh yeah. She calls Ray, Ray stands, Dan Aykroyd of the Ghostbusters. He's in a bookstore in New York. Yes. And she's, uh, she asks him about Egon Spengler and he's like, Egon Spengler can rot in hell and she's like, he died last week and he's like, Oh, she has a conversation with Ray asking about what happened to the Ghostbusters, which really she should have led with, can you come get me out of jail? <laughs> yeah, Very that, that in- was one thing that bothered me. Like the entire time they were talking, she never mentioned, hey, I like, I need help. <laughs> yeah. Very improper use of a one phone call. Yeah, she could have done that at home. She asks him, what happened with the Ghostbusters and he explains and this is where we find out the 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 movie the second movie and the video game are retconned because in the original timeline the video game that came out on PS3 and Xbox 360 was the canon third film story arc basically but those got retconned so when they beat Gozer in the first film uh, ghost activity started to dwindle down almost immediately to a point where they couldn't even stay in business, he said that Peter told them, uh, "Bill Murray's character Peter Vinkman, said that uh, they they did their job too good." Yeah, uh, he catches them up with uh, what the others are doing. To uh, Peter is a professor at a college for what was it? It, it wasn't like uh, it was like an advertisement or something. It like was, it? yeah, it was so, it was something weird like that. Yeah, yeah. and um, and Winston went on to be like a really big business right. owner. Uh, CEO of something. Ray is just owning a bookshop. Not making a lot of money, but, you know, yeah. getting by. Uh, and Egon started spouting off stuff about end of the world and nobody yeah. believed him. Which that bothers me. Why would none of the Ghostbusters believe Egon, who was always right, about the end of the world, which they already had to fight off once. Right. Why would the Ghostbusters not believe him and just start saying that he's crazy? That doesn't make sense to me. If if I was a Ghostbuster and I went through that shit with Egon and I saw that like through his scientific research and all that, he knows what he's talking about. If he starts saying the end of days are coming, I'd be like, okay, what do we do? Right. <laughs> well, man, you gotta move the plot somehow. Yeah. Do it for the plot. But they didn't believe him and they had a falling out. And uh, he moved to the town they're currently in, tried to prevent the end of the world himself, but they didn't know that. They thought he just took all the equipment yeah. that they could make money off of and bounced, basically stole it for himself. Uh, so they were all pretty salty about that. Who wouldn't be? Right. Yeah. And just before they get off the phone, she, she spits out, you know, he was my grandfather. And yeah. then he, she was made to hang up by the sheriff. Uh, Mom comes... To the police station, pissed as hell, of course. I I mean, who wouldn't? Right. (laughs) Uh, Your kid just destroyed like half the town, and now they're in jail. Yeah. (laughs) Gruberson's there uh, with them, and like between like the mom being angry, he's like kind of like shooting them looks like, "Did you get it? You know, did you catch it?" (laughs) Uh, Because he knows what's up, but uh they go back home they went home uh they had a recap teacher guy asks if uh should be down to try again tomorrow for the date yeah and then he goes uh, to walmart mom was like right. are you sure you want more of this and he breaks it down he's like we had an awesome dinner oh yeah we got arrested <laughs> <laughs> he, he was awesome this movie <laughs> yeah uh but yeah he was like i had a great time I don't know if- this is the most excitement I've had. Yeah, we, I mean, for we, Christ's sake, the we man, saw a ghost. Right, we
2: had he fucking food. makes children watch horror movies.
0: Yeah, for a living, me as a teacher, right? <laughs> you kids want to see Cannibal Holocaust, and and then he uh, he punctuates his whole uh, synopsis of the night with, I don't know how we're going to top this. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. So yeah, I guess he leaves and goes to, goes Walmart. to Walmart. Also. She goes back into the house, and she's getting eyeballed by something we don't see yet. Yes. Yeah. But he goes to Walmart. This was your favorite scene. Absolutely my favorite
2: scene in the movie. (laughs) Just because Walmart in a movie.
0: Yeah. You were like, I haven't seen Walmart in forever. And I said, this isn't Walmart. It's fully (laughs) stocked. Yes. Ha. (laughs) It was perfect. They had all... Everything was pushed up. It was...
2: Everything was lined up perfect. It was (laughs) like... The like it's I bet you the one in in uh, wherever'sville Arkansas yeah bet you that one's perfect that's probably that's probably the that's only right. one.
0: Yeah. And this is where we get our, our mini stay puff scene. Yes. Uh, we get the cute miniaturized version of the stay puff marshmallow man that attacked New York City in 1984.
2: He's like kind of Oh, that's adorable.
0: Yeah. And then a bunch and of then them start, they start, showing start up. killing each other and loving it. God, it was Boy, the, them them things sure do love dying. The bl- the blender? Yeah. The uh the the grill. The, the grill? Oh god, it was the, just the uh, blowtorch. With, with the blender, did, did the theater you guys were in, like, collectively gasp at the blunder? No. We had, like... Some, Mine did. Someone audibly was surprised, like, one person. <gasps> that, <you> know, <gasps> they're like, oh! Oh, no! <laughs> My, the funniest part of one of them dying for me was when one got smeared by the Roomba, and it <laughs> just left yeah. a, just a streak <laughs> of marshmallow. Nobody seemed to notice that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like...
2: Uh, we got marshmallow and marshmallow, marshmallow violence out in these streets, boys. <laughs>
0: Clean up on all twelve. <laughs> uh, but then the the amazing scene when he finds the the terror dog yes. eating the dog food in the Walmart. And the thing looks up at him and, and we loved this. God, like, it was so funny. He, he had that ice cream in his hand yeah, it's and as the soon Baskin as it Robin's makes, ice cream. As soon as it makes like the slightest movement, he just <laughs> chunks that thing, pegs he, it in the fucking head, and runs at the same time. It was one motion, just <laughs> and then just starts stepping boy. That that fight or flight response was amazing. <laughs> he he knew
2: he knew he was in too deep. He yeah. had to go. Um and then of course he sprints out of the Walmart, just just getting it. And you yeah. see the the fucking great thing that gets done in movies all the time, but like somebody's running out of a building and then it just crashes through. Yeah, the
0: pause was amazing. Yes, that. like he it was runs just a gap and he's just yeah.
2: sprinting. And then all of a sudden it's just like just
0: boom. you just see the Walmart door for a while. You don't see anything else. That just boom and that thing comes flying out. Uh, he runs to his uh, car, which already had the windshield blown out he from the jumps trap. In through the yeah. windshield. Yeah. Yes, and that was he, great. He reversed Bruce Campbell's <laughs> <laughs> from Evil Dead into this car, and uh, the the terror dog jumps onto the hood. The tire pops, and this is where he that gets, was great. Like the way, like it was like he was just a, a nice comedic pause he was just for like. It. Pshhh, pshhh. <laughs> he was just like, oh, fuck. and the dog like looks down at the tire, <laughs> and then looks at him. And, yeah, that was a great moment. But he gets possessed, obviously. And then Callie is yes. um, at home, and she f- discovers the lab. Yes. Egon goes. Egon Spirit is like showing her all the stuff he's been doing, but he also shows her all
2: the pictures, the and pictures, everything. and the stuff. And that's like where the feels start hitting. And I'm like, yeah.
0: And he did care. He had the he had the Homer Simpson do it for her wall. Yeah. Yeah. On on his <laughs> wall, um, and it's just a bunch of pictures of her growing up on the wall just sitting right there where like his desk is like every
2: know? stage of her development he had pictures and he wrote down like notes yeah and he was like counting how many freckles she had and stuff like that that yeah. really because helped.
0: very egon
2: <laughs> yeah right right it just helps you kind of see into how much a he cared and how
0: much he cared yeah uh, and the, the fact that he sacrificed being with his family right right to save his family uh very emotional i started to choke up a little bit at that moment
2: then she gets possessified
0: yeah zool zool is usually the one that possesses and creates the gatekeeper but zool comes in and possesses Callie, and this is all basically what happens in the first movie with sigourney weaver's character and rick moranis's character in the first movie they get possessed by the terror dogs and become the gatekeeper and the key master and so now they're possessed and they have to bone in order to right release gozer into our reality in the biblical sense. Yes, they have to bump uglies.
2: I like your eyes. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> take, a, take a roll in the hayfield, in the hay bales. Yeah.
0: But before they get possessed, uh, the kids go down to the mineshaft. And they see. Uh, well, no, while the they're things. getting possessed, the kids go down to the mineshaft. They see Shandor's body preserved in and sarcophagi. Yeah. In a glass sarcophagus. And they see the. The carvings on the wall telling the story and the statues of the people, like, crawling towards Gozer. Yeah, and all the dates the, on the, the yeah. yeah, that was pretty cool. The the dates are years of, like, major tragedies that happened to humanity. Uh, well, it's just years, but yeah. Yeah. Like, 1984 was up there. That was the first coming of And
2: 1945, Gozer. that was... Um you know Nagasaki, Hiroshima. Yeah. Um, they had uh, one that was like eighteen something, and that was Krakatoa, I think they said. Yeah. Um, so they had a bunch of different like major catastrophes. And then
0: 2021. Yep. Which they had to have CGI added that I'm sure because originally this movie was supposed to go out in like 2019 or 2020. No, it was supposed to be 2019, and it got pushed back for other reasons, and then COVID hit and it got pushed back in further than now. Yeah. 2021, big. Signifier there, some shit's about to go down. Uh, and I don't think it's COVID, so. <laughs> Shit! Uh, that's when they find the well where Gozer is trying to come out of, and they mm-hmm. find Egon's. Yeah, he's setup. got it all
2: set up, which is what's causing the earthquakes. Is yeah, pushing uh, them back. Four down.
0: proton packs crossing the streams, which is the big no no in Ghostbusters. Don't cross the streams. But that's how they stopped Gozer in the first place. In the first movie, they crossed the stream, and create a total protonic reversal. Which is like a nuclear explosion on the atomic level in your body. And they have to do something that extreme just to... Keep them keep, down. Keep Gozer from coming out uh, of hell, basically. The other the other side. The upside down? Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Finn Wolfhard is in this movie, by the way. Uh, they go back to the house and Mom is possessed by Zul. And she gives the line just like... Dana, uh, Sigourney Weaver's character, did. There is no Dana, only Zul. She's like, there is no Kali, only Zool. And she starts doing the heavy breathing like like Dana did. And bails straight out the window. Yeah. Just bails right she just out. Just jumps right through the glass and starts galloping. After she left, that's yes. when they looked at the, uh, the map yeah. and all that. They were looking through books, and that's where they found out, like, oh, the gatekeeper and the key master yeah. have to conjoin and... Yeah. They bring about them. the uh, days of Gozer, uh, and then yeah, that's where you see Paul Rudd out there, and Callie comes up, and they're possessed. That's uh, Tony. What you said? Uh, I like your eyes. And they're tongue in each other's mouth holes. Thanks. <laughs> they commit the coitus. Correct. <gasps> yeah. Gasp. YouTube's not gonna be happy. Or as as podcast put it, they got humpy. <laughs> And this is where we're getting to the climax of the movie after they got to the climax of... Right. For <laughs> so they got da, it done climaxing, we, we, we get to
2: our climax. Yeah. We just have to What wait.
0: a movie! Two climaxes and one ending scene? I swear. At some point before that, though, Bruberson, while possessed, before they did any slapping of bodies, went and messed with Egon's setup. Yeah, he destroyed the thing. Yeah. Um, so that all the...
2: Ghoulies can get out.
0: Yeah, and Gozer comes out, climbs out of the of the hole. David Bowie. Yeah, uh, be, you know, classic Gozer, but updated, where it's like Gozer's crazy '80s like outfit was now made to look like organic and part of its body. Yeah,
2: kind of like the 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 norm for like aliens, basically at this point. Yeah, yeah, the very very organic type of thing. Yeah. Been popularized recently.
0: Yeah, uh, also like demonic yeah. c- creatures too, as well. Gozer comes out, and the the two shift uh, the keymaster and the gatekeeper shift into their dog forms again, and the kids are all watching this go down. They got the ecto one parked halfway behind a rock. I don't see how Gozer doesn't see the ecto one there. That's when Phoebe comes out and starts making jokes. Great jokes. Yeah. Uh, what was the ones that she said here? I don't recall them. I don't either. Which is I, don't think weird.
2: The, I don't think the hamster and the cigarette one was here. No, that was while they no, were that going was down in the elevator. elevator. Yeah, that was, that was in the, yeah, that was in the elevator. Yeah. But that was a good one. That was a good God, one.
0: That was a good one. I, I love that one. But she starts making jokes to distract Gozer while Podcast is uh, operating the little RC trap right. on, under uh, Callie as the gatekeeper terror dog. And um, then Gozer was like, are you prepared to die? And Phoebe's like, no, are you? (laughs) And then podcast flips the trap and it uh, catches the essence of Zul out of uh, Cali. And it breaks down Gozer because Gozer needs both of the terror dogs to exist. It breaks down Gozer into like this half form.
2: Yeah, kind of yeah. skeletal too. They, there's are like yeah. kind of
0: faded in and out, like skeletal and like smoky looking. Yeah, not a full physical form, but like a uh, a vaporous sort of form. Gozer chases after them. They race home to yeah. set up the trap. Yeah, they're they're leading Gozer to the trap. Lucky busts out of the door with the proton pack and was like yeah. ready to go and shoots Gozer and Gozer grabs the uh, the proton yeah. stream. And yanks her out and grabs... It gets hold of the trap yeah. through that. And uh, Zool comes back out and goes into Lucky. Yeah. Making Lucky now a terror dog. And yeah, this feels weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so n- now we got to, like... We're at the climax at this point. It's a showdown. All these kids are trying to fight Gozer, the right. Gozerian, in the backyard of their house where... Egon had that trap set up that at the beginning of the movie didn't work. Right. Trevor is sitting in the gunner seat. I think the reason he's sitting in that gunner seat, I didn't say it, but, like, they were, like, flipping the switches in the Ecto-1 to power his proton pack. Yeah. I think it's a more powerful proton pack that's, like, coming out of the Ecto-1. Yeah. I think that's why he was sitting in there. And then, um, Phoebe has a proton pack. Uh, Lucky's a dog. Um... You've heard that before. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mom's unconscious. Gruberson's a dog. So they try to fight off Gozer. They shoot three proton streams at it. But Podcast is having his own little fight. Right. In the Ecto One, because uh, Trevor's shit's not working, and it's because the Stay Puft Marshmallow Minis are on the pack and in the Ecto One, and uh, they they kind of you kind of saw it like two other times earlier in the movie, but. Egon has an updated PKE meter that becomes, like, a proton taser. Yeah. And um, he found that out, and he starts, like, proton-tasing these little Stay puffed minis. Um, they all, like, just pop in marshmallow bits. They try to shoot Gozer with the proton streams, and Gozer just, like, wraps its arms around the proton streams and breaks it away. And so it looks like they're, oh, they're, they're no match for this, and the the trap didn't work again like in the beginning of the movie. Uh, They're they're no match for this. And then... And at their last moment, when all hope seems lost, the Ghostbusters show up. (laughs) So we got Peter Venkman, Bill Murray, Ray Stans, Dan Aykroyd, and Winston Zeddemore, Ernie Hudson, reprising all their roles at the last minute of this film. Uh, coming in as the Ghostbusters, Peter is doing his Peter thing, or he's just smarting off. To it's the- like, hey, babe, I thought we could make it work. Yeah. Just showing complete comedy in the face of utter and total world-ending danger. Uh, just cracking jokes. Uh, Ray is giving the official, like, by the county and state of such and such. Uh, the we- Wildlife Association. Yeah, <laughs> uh, We're going to have to ask you to please vacate the premises and return back to whichever dimension Is most convenient. (laughs) Uh, And Winston's just there, like, just ready to go. And uh, later on, he sees the Ecto-1. He's like, baby, what did they do to you? (laughs) But all all of them now, the Ghostbusters, Phoebe, and uh, Trevor, they shoot their proton streams at the same time, cross the streams. But even that wasn't enough. And Trevor shoots the proton stream.
2: At the uh, top of the... Yeah, uh, the powers, generator the power yeah.
0: source. Yeah, for the trap, uh, which activates the trap, Gozer gets split into... Mom
2: s- actually activated the trap. That was pretty nice. Yeah, mom flipped the switch. Um, and of course, during this, you have the uh, Egon, um, Egon's ghost in spectral form. Yeah, well, uh, holding, holding, hol- the, holding.
0: Uh, when when Phoebe's holding the uh, holding Gozer while the trap is getting activated, a blue hand reaches over and like steadies the the neutrino wand and then it zooms out and you see Egon's spirit Egon's ghost looking just like an older Harold Ramis um, helping her out and everybody can't believe what they're seeing Yeah, it's Egon (laughs) Uh, very emotional moment there and uh, Tony you compared it exactly to Dragon Ball Z indeed I did vs Gohan Cell versus Gohan when <laughs> yeah. when Gohan was getting help from Spirit Dad. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they even had a moment where uh, Gozer's finger lasers was combating the proton stream from Phoebe. Yeah. Just like Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah. Not the beam battle. Uh, but yeah, uh, Egon's there. He's he's helping Phoebe, and uh, the trap is activated. And Gozer gets split into several different pieces uh, of its spirit into these different traps, along with any other ghost in the area. There's a whole tornado of ghosts. giant yeah. hurricane of ghosts. Yeah. Which is
2: apt for Oklahoma.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Started with earthquakes. And you're like, man, that's not what happens here. <laughs> and it ended with a tornado. That's bad. There you go. There. Now now we're moving in the
0: right direction. Touching moments after that. Oh, great. Yeah. Phoebe and uh, Trevor hug it out. And yep. Trevor goes over to get Lucky out of the terror dog carcass. carcass but pulls, pulls the head uh, off of one Harry of them. Gruberson. And it's Gruberson instead. And he's like, like oh, oh, that was weird. Oh, that was so weird. My hands hurt from galloping.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Why am I bleeding? He yeah. He's funny. like, what? Am I yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, he pulls Lucky out and, and um, he says a uh, oddly forward thing here it's uh, like i thought i lost you forever or something like that I'm like yeah huh. i'm like i don't know the world almost ended but maybe Calm slow down. slow it down a little bit you guys know each fast. other for like 2 weeks
2: <laughs> which uh,
0: earlier in the movie
2: that's what uh, uh gary says to kelly's like, oh we're moving too fast yeah yeah he's, he's going in for a kiss and he he gets like the kiss on the cheek or whatever he's like yeah. oh, we're moving too fast
0: yeah the kids meet up with egon's ghost yeah and uh he, like, fixes Trevor's collar, and he, like, brushes Phoebe's hair yep. to the side, and he's, you know, just giving beaming with pride. General these touching two. moments. Yeah. He's just beaming with pride at these two, and then turns around, and his daughter, their mother, is there. Good moment. Yeah, they hug it out. But before that, they he has a moment with the, the Ghostbusters. Yeah, where he's, like, standing next to him. Yeah, while uh, they were catching... Gozer and then after it's over he, uh, he's just standing there and they all talk to him and like Ray's like I'm sorry we didn't believe you and he yeah. just kind of gives that nod of like it's, it's okay I'm dead it's whatever yeah <laughs> I really liked how the whole cast of the Ghostbusters wasn't looking over like doing an actual double take they were just like Huh. Bill Murray's was the best he was just kind of oh. like he looked Bill he Murray's like, always the best right
2: absolutely <laughs> um just like in in zombie land I feel like old buddies just like in anything he's um that's just great Choose the scene up. um but he just looks and just looks away and like he was the most casual about it he was yeah. the one' who's like oh okay and then he's like that's a thing huh and everybody else was like am I really, is that oh uh-huh. huh. oh he gone what <laughs> right, but he, he his what? was so casual. It was so good. Yeah, it's like Egon,
0: Gozer, Egon. <laughs> Egon. But yeah, uh, uh, Egon. Maybe we can
2: have the family reunion after we beat
0: the giant demon lady. Yeah, uh, Egon hugs it out with his daughter. She's emotional. She's crying. Yeah, uh, and then he like slowly fades, fades away. And away and passes
2: on to the other
0: side. Uh, the camera follows up into the sky as like particles of him are fading yeah. away, and then a little message at the corner of the screen says, For Harold, right there. That That's the part that, out of everything, almost choked me up the most. And then it uh, does a
2: good good cut to a uh, New York City skyline.
0: Yeah, the cut was great, because it was the opening of the Ghostbusters movie yep. after the pre-roll, um, where it's just the, the symbol of the ghost, and then the, the circle forms around it and the cross, and it's playing that... Ray Parker Jr. Ghostbusters right. theme there. As you see the Ecto-1 crossing a bridge into New York City. Yep. Um, and it's Ernie Hudson's character, Winston. He brought it back to New York to get it fixed up. Yeah. And we see him there talking to Janine um, about, you know, what happened and what the plans are for the future. And he's, That's
2: actually the uh, post credit scene, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the first post credit scene. The second. What's the second post credit? The the first post credit scene was um, a, a funny <laughs> reference to the first movie at the opening opening of the first movie when Bill Murray is shocking, uh, volunteers for this uh, psychic, th- uh, therapy yeah session, um where it shows Sigourney Weaver just in this post credit scene nowhere else in the movie, uh, reprising her role as Dana and she's shocking, Bill Murray and they have a little, bit of. Banter, it's really cute, yeah. Uh, but then after that, Ernie Hudson's character Winston is in New York, His big, fancy office, very fancy office building. Uh, Janine's there, they're talking about the future, and that's where he's like, I'm a businessman, but I'll always be a ghost, a ghostbuster. And then it shows the firehouse from the first movie. And it's zooming in on the ecto-containment grid where they kept all the ghosts in the original movie. And the red light starts blinking, which is what it did in the first movie before it blew up and the gates of hell opened. Right. So, uh, just lead... And and that's where it ends, right there. That's the cliffhanger. It ends on leading to... Fade to black. Sequel territory. You know, left it open for a sequel. A little bit of Ghostbusters Incorporated. That's what I'm hoping for. But if if that thing blows up there, then we're probably going back to New York. One would be yeah.
2: Ghostbusters Return to New York.
0: Yeah, which yeah, would be we're awesome. back again, we're I walking here. It. I'm <laughs> walking here. I'm floating here. <laughs> hey, Downey. But that's the movie. That's Ghostbusters Afterlife. It's a great movie. I, it's a very good movie. <laughs> Phenomenal movie. I love. Very it. Very fun watch. I felt I like it was definitely a good.
2: Like if you got nothing better, to, not not even that. Te- like if you're just wanting to go go out, you know, hang out with friends or take the fam jam or whatever. Take them to see Ghostbusters. I mean, that's.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a fun time. Right. It yeah.
2: gets uh it gets th- it gets four and a half out of five apricots from me.
0: <laughs> um, well. We don't really do a scoring system here. but I do. I'll keep it in. I'm a friend of the pod. <laughs> I get to do what I want. Damn right. <laughs> We're living life on the edge. Uh, it, this is going to be a movie as soon as it comes out on Blu-ray. I'm getting it and watching it five times because that's what I did with the first Ghostbusters when it came out on DVD. And then I'll have to deal with references. Yeah. you it, It's it's going to be 16-year-old me again. Dude, that's, that's
2: okay. Yeah it was only definitely. references
0: hey at least it's not going to be all bill murray quotes because he's hardly in the movie. Right. I'll change it up with some other people. Like you're, I said, you're going to find a way. <laughs> it's 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 there's, like there's only like 3 minutes of it, but you're going to find a way. You're just going to be like stares at you and bill murray. This
2: is my pleasant like I was again, this is not something I would have otherwise watched had I not been, you know, invited to do so. Uh-huh. But um I absolutely had a blast like it was it was a fun it was a fun time of course my date for for the evening also had a blast you know i did i did yes well you too you also had a fun time (laughs) um but but she no i heard the stories
0: you can't you can't fly this one under the radar
2: She, she even made the comment Oh I'm going to fall asleep During this movie I don't I don't care nothing About Ghostbusters And all that kind of really? stuff Really? Um, and then it had An absolute blast Throughout the entire movie That's awesome know? So like she, uh, she had a blast I had a blast And it, again It wasn't something That maybe I would have Watched otherwise But yeah. it was It's definitely going to go It's memorable for me
0: Because it was um, just A good good Experience. I'm glad I converted you Thank to the you. Church Thank of you. Ghostbusters. Thank you. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll be paying my tithe, don't you worry. Uh, well, you pay that tithe through buying Crystal Skull Vodka, <laughs> uh, sold by Dan Aykroyd. Oh, yes. I see. Uh, Dan Aykroyd's a weird man. <laughs> Everyone has their own flavor of alcohol nowadays.
2: Yeah, Like, it's literally the cool thing to do. If yeah, he, you don't
0: have your own whiskey, are you really? I, I think he was the first one to start doing it, wasn't he? About. At least. With I believe. Still surviving celebrities he is, yeah. Like, Crystal Skull Vodka's been going on for a while.
2: Like, uh, okay, recent movie watch. The same thing with the vodka thing. So, uh, Brian Reynolds has his own uh, flavor of gin. Aviation yep. gin. And in his most recent movie, he's drinking... Aviation. His own gin, aviation gin, yep. Which is a Netflix movie, but it's also really
0: good. Yeah. Uh, which one,
2: which movie is that? It's red light, red flag, red something. Something to do with red. It's him and the Rock. It's which the
0: color one? red with Ryan Reynolds. Right. It's uh, <laughs> Deadpool.
2: Um, oh, and Wonder <laughs> yeah, yeah, in it. Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder Woman's also in it, so it's not Marvel canon.
0: Gal Gadot. Wonder Pool. Dead Wonderful Deadpool. <laughs> Wonderwall.
2: Yeah, Gal Gadot. Ga, anyway. Gal, yeah, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Yeah. Um, yeah, she, she's in that movie as well. But yeah, the the alcohol references. Yeah. Again.
0: I'll say this. Um, I've watched a lot of movies this year. Uh, you know, top ones up there. Uh, Candyman, Superhost, Halloween Kills. Especially Candyman was really high for me. How <laughs> many kills? Very high for me. Uh, I think this might be the favorite out of the year. It's my second favorite. Right behind King Kong vs. Godzilla. Yeah, I saw, I saw that one too. Uh, my obsession with Godzilla knows no bounds. Mine either. <laughs> well, wait. But no, I do prefer Japanese Godzilla films.
2: I take that back. Um, the Mugen Train movie came out this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, Demon Slayer, Mugen Train. Um... I
0: don't know nothing about that. It's,
2: well, that's your loss, pal, because okay. that movie is a,
0: just an absolute masterpiece. Right, well, talk to me when you've seen Basket Case. How about that? I haven't seen that. Before, All right, so. talk to me when you do. Oh, Okay, then. It's trash. Oh, is it? I love it. Oh, it's one of those movies. Yeah. But yeah, Tony, what, what are your thoughts? Final thoughts? It was a really fun watch. Even if you have virtually no idea what's going on, it kind of holds your hand a little bit. And uh, for those of us, which isn't me, who have been around for the other movies, there's a bunch of stuff to, like, entertain everybody. Yeah, my favorite callback I that, like, also tugged at my heartstrings a little bit, the crunch bar in the uh, yes, that was great. Yeah. Yeah. I remembered that
2: from. I, I don't. Again, I don't remember a ton, but I remembered specifically a Crunch you, Bar being involved. You've earned it.
0: Yeah. When, when uh, uh, Egon said something while they're planning out the Ghostbusters, and uh, Peter Vinkman, Bill Murray is like, you know, Egon, I take back everything I said about you. Pulls out a Crunch Bar. He's like, you. And he pulls back. He's like, you've earned it. <laughs> Uh, very very
2: nice reference to that. That was I enjoyed that cuz I again I remembered that from the original and I was I was quite That quite, just seeing Janine walk in. It yeah. was nice. Yeah. You you had physical reactions to both
0: of those. Yeah. So. And the Twinkie in in the dash. The Twinkie in the dash, yeah. Yeah. Uh him about the Twinkie. What Twinkie? Also I have a theory. This has to do with uh why nobody in younger generations believes in ghosts anymore in this universe because they were too good at their job yeah well yeah but even if they were good at their job and it was only like a one time thing that would be like kids today saying like 9-11 didn't actually happen With whoa like, yeah but like it was that big in that yeah. world you know within it, the confines
2: of the buster ghost uniform yeah uniform universe
0: yeah it, it, was, it was that big of an ordeal the world almost ended that day yeah Uh, And a giant 50-foot marshmallow man stomped through New York. Right. Stepped on a church, specifically. I remember that. You ain't supposed to forget about giant 50-foot marshmallow, fellas. Right. And uh, a a demigod from the other world came down on top of a high rise, and these guys fought it off along with the giant 50-foot marshmallow man. And there was like catastrophic damage throughout the city because of this. People would remember that and believe it to be real. Right. But, like, no, but you don't see people saying, like, Pearl Harbor didn't actually happen. You right. Know. Um, I think there's a character, and hopefully they, like, go into this in the sequels uh, that, like, helped move along the belief further down the road after it happened that none of this actually did happen. It was all just fiction and ghost stories. Uh, Walter Peck. I think probably had a role in that. He was the EPA guy that was trying to shut down the Ghostbusters the entirety of the first movie. What if he's the president? I doubt that. <laughs> or became the president. But uh, I think he might have had a role to play uh, between 1984 and now and just making everybody believe it hush, wasn't real. Yeah.
2: Kind of like Area 51.
0: Yeah. Uh, and he just hated the Ghostbusters in general. So, yeah. I think he had something to do with it. It always goes back to Peck. The dickless man. What a Peck or er, they peck make that joke earth. in the movie, yeah. 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 And they also call him dickless. And then the mayor is like, "Is this true?" talking about something else and then Bill Murray's like, "It is true. This man has no dick." <laughs>
2: <laughs> no phallus is available.
0: Yeah. Anyway, that's been Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, I love it. Lucky loves it. Tony loves it. It was a great time. We're all going to get married. We're all going to sing Kumbaya. Who are you going to call? And roast marshmallows. Ghostbusters! <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all, stay puffed. That's it from us. Klaatu, Verata, Nikto. Say bye, guys. Bye, bye. guys. Bye. Everybody. Au
2: a slow way.